everybody, it is Tim, one half of Horror Movie Yearbook, and this is your horror hotline for when? Thursday, oh my goodness. Thursday, August 9th, 2018. How's it going, everybody? Good? I hope so. Hey, uh, if you want to reach out to the podcast, either here or the main podcast, Horror Movie Yearbook, you can do so at gmail at gmail.com. You can do it on Twitter, Twitter at HMYearbook, Facebook, Horror Movie Yearbook, Instagram, Horror Movie Yearbook, any of those places, you can reach out to us and check us out. So I want to jump right into the news real quick. we got some stuff to talk about today. As far as news goes, I want to do a pre uh, a review, kind of a recap of the Fantasia Fest that just wrapped in Montreal. So let's get to it. This is from, first story today is from Deadline. Fangoria sets Chelsea Stardust to helm Satanic Panic. Fangoria is back in the business of making movies. As of now, um, their newest one, the the newest Puppet Master was either produced or distributed or financed by them. I'd have to look that up. But they are involved in it and it will be out, I believe, next week. Puppet Master to Lilith Reich. But this is from Deadline. It says, Fangoria has set Chelsea Stardust to wreck Satanic Panic in After Hours, After Hours-esque. After Hours, of course, being the Scorsese movie. Uh, horror comedy with a dash of gore. The Grady Hendrix pen script is about a pizza delivery girl at the end of her financial rope who has to fight for her life and tips when her last order of the night turns out to be a high society Satanist in need of a virgin sacrifice. Hendrix, Grady Hendrix wrote the story with Ted Geohegan. Um, Tate Stinziak is on board to uh, handle special effects. Not familiar with Hendrix. I am familiar, or I'm not familiar with Stinziak. I'm familiar with Hendrix and Geogigan. Uh, he, Geogigan, of course, just did Mohawk. Um, he did, we are, uh, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on the other one he did, but Hendrix is a novelist. He's written a couple books. He just came out with the nonfiction book, Paperbacks from Hell, that takes a look at, takes a look at a lot of old horror paperbacks. He also wrote, uh, My Best Friend's Exorcism, which I have not read. I actually have not read anything of uh, Grady Hendrix other than his excellent Stephen King wrap-ups for Tor.com from a few years back. They were they were really, really good, though. So, Stardust, uh, for, also from the story, Stardust has been on a roll lately after working for producer Jason Blum for several, several years. She branched out to start her directing career working for Crypt TV on spe- several short films. Stardust recently wrapped production on the genre film All That We Destroy. Her directorial debut on a script by James Agnew and Sean Keller. So yeah, no, um, exciting. She is a fresh voice. She looks like... Uh, from what I see of the plot, I mean, that looks like a good choice. Um, I'm not in the business of making these choices, but this is not the first time Fangoria the magazine has branched out into filmmaking. They've done this in the past, too. Fangoria Films came around in 1990. Their goal was to kind of finance one feature film per year. They did Mind Warp with Bruce Campbell. They then uh, did, then they created Children of the Night was another one they did. Um, they stopped doing that in the early nineties, I believe about a year or two after they started doing it. And then in 96, they remerged as Fangoria Films. It was more of a distribution company. They would use it. Um, they would distribute films under their Gore Zone label and they would do that. They would do that for about the next 10 years. 
uh, stuff like iZombie, the last horror movie. Not iZombie, anything based on the TV show that's on or the comic book for Vertigo. But they would do the next, um, the last horror movie. Dead Meat was another one. They did... Then they moved into... They produced and distributed uh, compilations of short films. They had... Uh, it was done over done under something called Fangoria's Blood Drive. Um, those were hosted by Rob Zombie. They put out two DVD compilation, compilations in the mid-2000s. And then this is, I think, the one I remember the most was they did the Fright Fest DVD line and they did the Fangoria Presents label. And honestly... None of those were any good. <laughs> Fangoria has a pretty not sterling reputation. When it, none of the ones I saw were any good, there are probably some that some people like. But Fangoria does not exactly have a sterling reputation when it comes to when it comes to releasing, producing, distributing, financing films. They've been pretty rough over their history, but. It kind of, I mean, this seems like they are going, this seems like they're taking it a bit more seriously. Grady Hendrix in the horror world is a pretty hot commodity right now. Puppet Master the Littlest Reich I know is in the Puppet Master series, but the talent behind that, Thomas Lennon and Craig S. Zoller, who did Bone Tomahawk and uh, the Vince Vaughn, Bronze Cell 99, are writers on it, I believe. So they seem to be... They seem to be taking it a bit more seriously. This seems to be a lot different than the way they've done it in the past. And of course, Stardust, um, people seem to be very excited about this. She worked, like the article says, under Jason Blum for several years. She she seems to know her stuff. So this is, uh, and honestly, that plot description sounds like a lot of fun. It sounds like, that sounds like something that should fall under the Fangoria umbrella of, film, of films that would be made for them. So yeah, I'm excited for that. Uh, I have to keep an eye on it. I want to watch the uh, Puppet Master next week. I'm excited for Fangoria come back. It seems to be more of a, it seems to be kind of a multimedia push by them uh, in the future. So very cool, very cool. Nice to see it back in. Hopefully this works out for them a little better than it has in the past. Um, we got a couple 4K news bits here. The first up is Evil Dead is getting a 4K release. This is from Bloody Disgusting. The perfect pairing for Halloween started with the announcement of Evil Dead 2 getting a 4K release this fall. Now celebrate the original beginning of the cult classic series when Evil Dead arrives on 4K Ultra HD Combo Pack plus Blu-ray and digital October 9th from Lionsgate. Experience four times the resolution of full HD with 4K as well as Dolby Vision HDR. To bring to life the stunning cinematography of this supernatural horror film. When compared to standard picture, Dolby Vision can deliver spectacular cover- colors never before seen on a screen. Highlights that are up to 40 times brighter and blacks that are 10 times darker. Why are we doing this with Evil Dead? I... Knowing the Evil Dead series though, we'll get like at least 5 or 6 more releases in this format. But yeah, I, I mean... I can't think of a movie less compatible in my mind with 4K release than Evil Dead. For Evil Dead should be seen on your friend's TV VHS combo in the basement when you are a teenager. Um, that's the only way it should be watched is on VHS 
on a TV VHS combo. 4K, boy. But hey, I, honestly, I would probably buy it though. But there are no real sp new special features on the disc. It's all just going to be stuff shipped over from the other releases. So I would probably buy it to check it out. But yeah, I Evil Dead 4K, I don't know. Something that will look good on, in 4K is the 4K restoration of John Car Carpenter's The Fog, which is coming to theaters October 26th. It's a restoration from Studio Canal. It's going to be having a limited run at the Metrograph in New York, Landmarks New Art in Los Angeles, the Music Box Theater in Chicago. Additional screenings will occur during the week of Halloween throughout the Alamo Drafthouse circuit and at other specialty theaters. This is going to be worth seeing because The Fog is a gorgeous movie. I wish it was coming anywhere near me. I'm not going to make the drive down to Chicago from where I'm at um, in Detroit. We don't have a draft house anywhere that nearby. I guess we have one over in Kalamazoo. Maybe one in Ann Arbor. I don't know. Um, but this will also be worth seeing, seeing due to the cinematography from Dean Cundy. That eerie, foggy, uh, beautiful cinematography from Dean Cundy. So this is one thing I can definitely see wanting to see a 4K release of. So yeah, there we go. It's 4K madness right now. The Fog and Evil Dead coming to 4K in October, a couple months away. All right, so that's the news wrap up for the day. I wanted to do a I wanted to do a Fantasia Fest wrap up. It just it just had its last screening this past week. So, I wanted to talk a little Fantasia Fest. Talk about the five I picked five films. There was quite a bit that sounded really intriguing. But I wanted to focus on five films in particular coming out of the festival that interest me, that I'm interested in, and that I'm marking down as films that I that I want to check out whenever they are released here in America or on VOD or wherever they're released, I get a chance to watch them. So here are my top five movies that I'm most interested in coming out of the Fantasia, Fantasia Fest in Montreal. First up is a movie called Lose. It's directed by Tillman Singer in his feature-length debut film. This is, um, here's the plot for it. Fleeing from the grasp of a, of a possessed woman, a distressed cab driver begins a confession in a rundown police station that endangers everyone who crosses her path. Here's an excerpt from the Fantasia Fest write-up of the film. Singer's first feature fluidly assembles elements of influence from the horror and art house cinema of the 1970s. Think Rainier Werner, Andrzej Zulowski, and Lucio Fulci in one compact whole. It's also been described as a demonic uh, destruction of the demonic possession style horror film. And, and, this is the big one, it's only 70 minutes long. Woo! Uh, I watched the trailer for this, and those comparisons that uh, Fulci... Uh, uh, Fassbender, um, those comparisons, uh, they, from a visual standpoint, seem to be pretty, pretty spot on. The trailer is less than a minute long. It features a bunch of quick shots with no dialogue, but it looks phenomenal visually. And some of the shots shown in it have stuck with me. I can recall them in my head even, even as I talk about it now. That trailer did more in 60 seconds than a lot of trailers do at about twice that time. The reviews coming out of Fantasia Fest were also really strong. The film currently sits at 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, critics have called it a refreshing take on demonic possession in which the usual fright flick 
cliches are nowhere to be found, and they're saying that it's compromised or comprised of numerous searing images, the immediate result of Singer's thrilling precision with all aspects across the board. The film itself sounds like it's more on the slow burn side of things, so if that's not your bag, then I can see wanting to stay away from it. But at 70 minutes long, that might make some of that build a bit more palatable. And it's always exciting to hear of the arrival of a new potential voice in horror cinema. And that's what sounds like we've got here with Tillman Singer. So yeah, excited for that one. Number four. Number four is Piercing. Here's the plot for that one. Reed is going on a business trip. He kisses his wife and infant son goodbye, but in lieu of suitcase filled with clothes, he's packed a toothbrush and a murder kit, as you do. Everything is meticulously planned. Check into a hotel and kill an unsuspecting victim. Only then will he rid himself of his devious impulses and continue to be a good husband and father. But Reed gets more than he bargained for with Jackie, played by Mia Wasikowska, an alluring call girl who arrives at his room. First, they relax and get in the mood, but when there's an unexpected disruption, the balance of control begins to sway. Uh, This is from director Nicolas Pesce, who directed the 2016 film The Eyes of My Mother. The Eyes of My Mother was one of my favorite films of 2016. Uh, Pesce's black and white debut film was a haunting, gothic character study that focused on a young, lonely woman and her descent into sociopathic behavior. It features one of the best performances I've seen in a horror movie in quite some time and I apologize for well all of my pronunciation pronunciation of names and really anything uh but especially this one Kika Magales uh The Eyes of My Mother was an exciting debut feature and it marked Pesh as a director to watch uh Piercing finds the 28 year old director working with a bigger budget and with a bigger name cast including Mia Wasikowska and Wendell Pierce the novel, it's, the film is based on a novel by Ryo Murakami. Uh, genre fans might remember him as the writer of the book Audition, which was later, of course, turned into a film by Takashi Miike, or Miike Takashi. The novel itself has been called a haunting Japanese version of a David Lynch nightmare. Uh, that seems to fit in well with the sensibilities on display in the eyes of my mother. So it, it seems like a natural fit between the two works. The film was acquired by Universal coming out of Sundance. I'm hoping to see it released on VOD or a limited theatrical run soon. I have not seen any release date for it here in the States, though. Uh, Number three. Number three, I've got Nightmare Cinema. Altogether echoing classic anthology series like The Twilight Zone and The Outer Limits, this movie centers on a group of down-on-their-luck individuals who enter the decrepit Rialto Theater. Their deepest fears... Their deepest and darkest fears are brought to life on screen by the projectionist, a mysterious ghostly figure who holds the nightmarish futures of all who attend and cannot escape his screenings. This is an anthology film kind of co-directed by David Slade, Mick Garris, Joe Dante, Rio Kitamura, and Alejandro Bruget. This is quite the lineup of talent involved in this film. Let's run down the track record of everybody involved. David Slade... Uh, was the director of Hard Candy, 30 Days of Night, and also worked on Hannibal and Black Mirror. Alejandro Bruget is the Argentinian-born director who's most known for his 2011 zombie comedy uh, mashup, One of the Dead. Kinemura is the Japanese director. He's known for Versus, Godzilla, Final Wars, Midnight Meat Train, and this year's Downrange, a movie which I loved, by the way, and it's on Shutter now. Mick Garris, of course, a director 
who has worked in the genre forever and someone whose passion for horror kind of spills over into everything is everything he does. I really believe that his podcast is an essential listen for all horror fans. Postmortem with Mick Garris. I think it's fantastic. And I just seeing and listening to his passion is infectious. And then of course the legendary Joe, Joe Dante, one of my favorite directors of all time behind the burbs and piranha and gremlins and matinee my favorite of his movies. So yeah, Joe Dante, we have the talent involved and their past work is cool enough. But what really, really interests me in this is where the talent is from. We have David Slade from the UK, Bruges from Argentina, Kinemura from Japan, and of course the two American directors, Garris and Dante. To be fair, one is from the West Coast and the other is from the East Coast. So even there, you have some diversity in where they're from. One of the things I love about horror, particularly now that we have the ability to access so much international work, is the different perspectives that people from other places, people from places where I'm not from, bring to their films. Uh, film can be used as a gateway into another person's world, and it can present their perspective as well. And to see it gathered in one horror anthology film, I think is really neat. Reviews have said that this is a bit of a mixed bag, um, but in my opinion, that's kind of the fun of horror anthologies. So I'm kind of looking forward to f picking out which one is my favorite, which one is my least favorite once it's released. All right, let's move on to number two, my second most anticipated movie coming out of Fantasia Festival is Cam. Cam is a technology-driven psychological thriller set in the world of webcam porn. It follows Alice, an ambitious Cam girl, who one day discovers she's been replaced on her show with an exact replica of herself. As this copy begins to push the boundaries of Alice's internet identity, the control that Alice has over her life and the men in it vanishes. While she struggles to regain what she's lost, she slowly finds herself drawn back to her show and to the mysterious person who has taken her place. This is directed by Daniel Goldhaber and written by Isa Mazai. Cam was actually written by a... Isa Mazai was a former Cam girl, and I'm really interested to see that unique perspective translated onto the screen this is not an area we've delved into much in horror or really in film at all uh the film has also picked up two of the bigger jury awards at the festival with the first being best screenplay here's the uh, jury statement on best best screenplay Isa Mazai crafts a doppelganger, doppelganger nightmare around the growing concern of digital identity presenting a skewed or is it, view of the complex, dangerous, and largely unexplored world of webcam girls. Daniel Goldhaber also took home the New Flesh Award for Best First Feature. Here's what they had to say about that. The New Flesh jury calls Cam an ambitious, empowered project devoid of moral policing with respect to sex work. Smartly told through visually vibrant storytelling, Cam captures the complexities and contradictions of curated identities on and offline. This talented team embodies a collaborative spirit of next generation of genre filmmakers. Blumhouse is co-financing co the picture. Netflix picked up the distribution rights right away coming out of the festival. This, this, uh, those two statements really got me excited and just the buzz coming around and coming out of the film festival uh, really got me intrigued and interested. I'm very, can't wait to check this out whenever it is. I believe it'll probably be dropped on Netflix first. So very cool. And then my number one movie that I am looking forward to coming out of Fantasia Fest is 
Tales from the Hood 2. Uh, it was always going to be Tales from the Hood 2. But this is, of course, a sequel to Tales from the Hood 1. This revolves around inner city undertaker Mr. Sims, played by Keith David, introducing us to several people and four tales that ultimately revolve around their fates. This is directed by Rusty Cundiff, Darren Scott, and executive produced by Spike Lee. I absolutely adore the first Tales from the Hood movie. I think it's an angry, funny, smart, and unfortunately still relevant movie. It's one of, if not my favorite horror anthology of all time. It might be my favorite when I think back on it. Part 2 brings back the entire creative team. It adds Keith David to the mix. Always a good thing. The segments in this film revolve around a stolen doll found in a museum depicting African Americans in post-war, post-Civil War America, a fraudulent psychic attempting to contact a recently deceased pimp-turned-community leader, a vampire Me Too movement mashup, a, and then one about a black Republican political oper- operative whose pregnant wife is haunted by Emmett Till. Reviews have been mixed for the most part, but they all say it's it's once again a an angry movie. Um, with critics pointing to the, but they have pointed to that Me Too vampire segment. And when I read that, I went, oh, that's that could be an issue. Uh, vampire segment as being particular, particularly weak, but this sequel is about as critic-proof a movie as it comes for me. I'm going to watch it. It's a Tales from the Hood sequel. I love the first movie. It's got everything back. I can't wait to watch it when it is released on October 2nd. So there you go. Those are the five, just to recap here, the five that I'm most excited about or most anticipating. And believe me, there is a lot coming out of Fantasia Fest that looked really cool. But number five, Lose. Number four, Piercing. Number three, Nightmare Cinema. Number two, Cam. And number one, Tales from the Hood 2. What was nice about Tales from the Hood 2 is it kind of, the reviews have kind of tempered my excitement for. I know what I'm getting going in. So that's, that's kind of cool too. So there you go. There's my Fantasia Fest wrap-up. Tomorrow I'll be back with a preview of the weekend and a review for the William Friedkin documentary, I guess. Is that what it could be called? Uh, The Devil and Father Amor. So thank you, everybody, seriously, for listening. You can check out our Patreon, patreon.com backslash MidwestPodNet. You can donate for as little as $1 a month. But no, thank you very much for listening. I really do appreciate it. Our new episode also of Horror Movie Yearbook will drop hopefully tomorrow once I get it edited and put together. We covered David Cronenberg's The Brood. We had some excellent insights into it. It's a really good conversation. More straightforward than we've been doing uh, the last few episodes. So yeah, very cool. Thank you very much for listening and I'll see you all tomorrow.